Chapter Twelve of Neighbours by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. If Etienne de Say had ever regretted his hastily formed decision to immigrate to America, he never confessed it to his daughter Madeleine. He had likewise refrained from telling her what unspeakable things he feared in the land of their nativity. He contented himself with praising America. It was a safe place, he declared, for persons like themselves, being far removed from the tumult and dangers of war, and withal hospitable to strangers. One might have supposed from listening to the worthy gentleman's dissertations on the land of his adoption that the splendid song of the Nativity had been composed and rendered by angelic choirs solely, or at least chiefly, for the town of Boston. It was here that the wanderers first found refuge, and where for a matter of six months they remained, living in a dark, ill-ventilated flat in South Boston, a locality which was, they discovered shortly, as different as could be well imagined from any city, town or village of France. Rents were high, provisions of an unthinkable expense, and service impossible to procure. It was during these initial weeks that Madeleine, a mere child up to this time, became the practical woman of affairs. She learned to market and to cook, and the touch of her light hand kept all things clean and well-ordered, or so it seemed to her father, who knew nothing of the hours his child spent in noiseless dusting and polishing, while he slept, rousing for his chocolate when Madeleine brought it steaming to his bedside. In the first days of spring, when bunches of wilted violets and the rarer arbutus began to be hawked about the streets, the girl begged for the country. This American town is very ugly, mon père, she said piteously, and in the summer this apartment will be too warm under its roof of tin. Or think also of a street named Milk. Monsieur de Say raised abstracted eyes from the book in which he had buried his regrets. You wish again to remove? he inquired mildly. But where? Do you not find these rooms sufficiently commodious? It is true that the town is ugly, but what would you? We are far from France. He shrugged his shoulders resignedly. Madeleine explained. Even in America, one might find trees and grass of a sort, she stated. There were also small cottages where one might dwell, in localities where eggs and vegetables could be procured of an indubitable freshness. Her young eyes were eager, her cheeks flushed with hope. It is probable that Monsieur de Say would have continued to occupy the dreary little flat in South Boston without thought of change, since in the privacy of his own mind, he had already condemned America, and in particular Boston, as a most undesirable place of residence. He had made a mistake, he told himself, to be somehow endured till the war was at an end. He would then return to France, settle in some unmolested village where in good time he would arrange a suitable marriage for his daughter. During the months or years which must necessarily elapse before this desirable denouement, he had his beloved books, and for the rest little mattered. But he was a good father, 
mindful when not too absorbed in his literary pursuits of his motherless child so the brief conversation resulted in various pilgrimages to more or less ugly suburbs where the rents were of a highness and finally by the merest chance to a town further away amid real trees and fields with country roads and farms not far distant here was a vacant house with the sun looking in through its small paned windows here also were shade trees shrubs plenty of space for flowers in beds and borders and best of all an indubitable apple tree with promise of abundant fruitage already visible on its gnarled boughs here madeleine a fresher rose blooming in her cheeks was presently singing about her work which appeared less irksome than in the ugly city rooms and here also monsieur de say once more content resigned himself to the narcotic soothing of his books satisfied that when the proper time arrived for the marriage of madeleine the dove of peace would be brooding his distracted country he even permitted himself to hope that his beloved alsace might be restored to france with all her drooping lilies freshened into new beauty but of this soaring aspiration he said nothing bitterly realizing the teuton prowess even in american towns and villages one's eyes and ears were constantly assailed by uncouth german names and the dissonant speech of the foe but what would you it was always possible to avoid such persons cochon monsieur desay characterized them under indignant breath which epithet as a matter of course is to be metaphorically interpreted as for the americans as it pleased the english-speaking inhabitants of this crude almost barbaric country to call themselves one might spend a not unprofitable period in studying their strange customs to this end m de say applied himself with some diligence to the mastery of the english tongue it was a bet of a language being entirely lacking in the facile grace of the french but again what would you the few the very few persons he had met in america who professed to speak his own language accomplished such excruciating torture of his sensitive ears that he begged them almost with tears to desist your pardon madame or monsieur as the case might be but i will speak to you l'anglais he would say with dignity there was a certain fat blank book reposing in m desay's escritoire on which from time to time he wrote in careful french his impressions of the natives of america somewhere in the back of his brain lurked the secret aspiration of one day achieving a literary reputation and why not begin with these deliberate and profound studies of foreign life as he was now beholding it miss malvina bennett was very far from realizing the sort of interest she had aroused in her neighbour but she found a new zest in living as the spring advanced and the yard next door began to bud and blossom under the intelligent care of the desays it was pleasant to sit by her low window-sill which afforded a convenient resting-place for spools buttons and other properties of her trade and likewise commanded a sweeping view of the neighbouring garden and front porch he's a settin out on the stoop this morning with his book as usual she would tell her mother 
and madeline's got her dish towels spread on the barbary bush to dry now she's digging her poses do you ever see the beat of them too and ma bennett would draw her far-seeing specks over her faded eyes and gaze and gaze at the spectacle of m desaye in a frogged velvet coat slowly turning the pages of his book and of the light figure of the girl coming and going in her pink cotton frock land malviny she would say if he ain't started up to come over here again what in creation ye want this time o' day not being in the secret of the fat blank book which by now boasted several pages covered with exquisite script recording the writer's impressions of une couturière d'amérique miss malvina could only speculate vaguely as to the motives which brought her neighbour so frequently to her door after one or two occasions devoted to ceremonial interviews in the haircloth parlour miss malvina decided not to make company of the gentleman from foreign parts tain't as if he was a regular man she told ma he's different from the men folks round here as chalk is from cheese and having arrived at this sagacious conclusion miss malvina fell into the easy habit of permitting m desaye and his daughter the freedom of the kitchen where she kept her sewing machine during the months when fire was a necessity sit right down in the rocking chair she would say hospitably i can stitch up this ere seam in two jerks of a lamb's tail and then we can talk on a radiant afternoon in early may behold them thus miss malvina industriously binding the seams of a robe destined to enhance the fading charms of mrs obed salter ma sleepily knitting while the cat played with her ball of yarn under the table and m desaye paying diligent heed to the little dressmaker's fluent conversation after various unsuccessful attempts to master her frequent and remarkable figures of speech m desaye had concluded that english was a vastly more malleable language than he had at first supposed it he now resorted to the socratic method miss malvina he observed blandly i have heard you speak of two jerk of the tail of the lamb i have in my dictionnaire earnestly sought those words but as yet i do not comprehend the meaning you will of your kindness tell me if i also should speak those words and on what occasion miss bennett gazed pityingly at her visitor he was a personable figure of a man though regrettably foreign in his appearance even his garments though well fitting and of fine material did not in the least resemble american store clothes his eyes very dark and keen appeared to emit occasional sparkles of disconcerting mirth miss malvina sniffed tentatively mm, i don't know as i ever give the subject any earnest consideration she said thoughtfully you ain't obliged to say it but twon't hurt you none to learn to talk like civilized folks voila he exclaimed eagerly that is what i wish to speak quite correct you will teach me eh? he smiled engagingly the corners of his upturned moustache lending an agreeable emphasis to his words i shall learn nesper in one two jerk of a lamb tail eh? do i say exactement miss malvina cackled 
oh you certainly do beat the dutch she exclaimed but you might as well leave the pa and ma off your remarks maybe i'd better turn to and learn french i says to madeline yesterday bonsoir i says just like that you ought to have heard her laugh monsieur desaye looked pained my daughter is young excessivement and what you call foolish he said he shook his head do not i beg attempt to speak our language it is too uh, oh no tain't so bad as i thought first off interrupted miss malvina kindly i bet i'll be parlez-vousing as well as the next one before you know it it would be kind of fun i think me and madeline's getting along first rate i'm learning her so she'll be up to snuff in no time up to snuff repeated monsieur desaye what is that word most interessant miss malvina two pins firmly clenched between her teeth paused to survey a twisting seam up to snuff is what you ain't she said cruelly but there i guess that wasn't so very nice of me seeing as you ain't in no ways to blame for being french if the truth was knowed maybe that's jest what ails miss hobbs a tryin' to be furrin when she ain't if i couldn't do no better than that on a dress waist i'd eat my best bunnet ah it is idiom n'est-ce pas eat my best bunnet all idiom i think ah very great of interest oui he wrote briskly in a leather-covered memorandum book while miss malvina bent her mind upon the intricate problem of the misshapen seam malviny said ma bennett who had suddenly come to life in the act of rescuing her ball of yarn from the cat i see madeline out there talking to a young man over the fence looks me like harry schwartz mm, yes tis confirmed miss malvina placidly well harry's a real nice young feller and his folks has got money i'd like to see madeline with a likely bow she's a good girl and pretty as a pink Monsieur desaye darted an inquiring look toward his own menage then he arose restored the memorandum book to his pocket without apparent haste and approached ma bennett as was his invariable procedure on arrival and departure madame said he heels together hand over his heart mes compliments i am excessivement obliged for your hospitalité oh land sakes don't mention it protested ma no one as far as she could remember had ever paid her the slightest deference it gave her an added sense of self-importance which she found singularly agreeable permettez-moi continued the frenchman still more politely as he restored the disputed ball of yarn to its lawful owner miss malvina dropped her work in her lap and with a subdued sparkle under her lids awaited her own particular leave-taking it was customarily not less ceremonial than that accorded to ma but with a barely perceptible shade of difference an added savour of esteem apparent to miss malvina alone to-day to her surprise monsieur desaye retreated nimbly toward the door miss malvina adieu uh, my thanks my compliment was all he said as he backed out of the door in perfect form well did you ever 
sniffed the little dressmaker, visibly dismayed. "'Seems like he's in a hurry,' observed Ma sagaciously. "'Maybe he's got his eye on Madeline's bow. "'And then again, maybe he's mad at something or other. "'I wouldn't get too familiar with a foreigner if I was you, Malviny. "'They ain't to be trusted.' But Miss Malvina's sewing machine opposed a noisy whirr of defiance to Ma's unfounded opinions. End of chapter 12